0: What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talk Flagler Weekly News Update. I'm your host, Chris Gollin, Chief Political and Cultural Reporter for AskFlagler.com. We have a good news day for you guys today. We're going to start off with the weather forecast and then move into the uh, four segment news portion with government and business. Culture, Crime and Sheriff, and the mayoral election, this of course being the final week of mayoral election news as the election has concluded. Stay tuned later in the episode, we have an exciting interview with Jill Reynolds, president of the Democratic Women's Club, who is uh, working on a petition to have a plaque and trail dedicated to the late Shirley Chisholm. If you don't know who Shirley Chisholm is, stay tuned. There's an amazing story there. All right, so let's hop right into it with weather. Uh, this coming week, um, as you might expect, is going to stay in the mid to high 80s with a uh, respectable chance of rain the entire week. Um, this uh, Monday, the day is coming out, currently listed with a high of 89, which is just brutal. You know it's going to be humid too. So if you have any yard work or anything you need to do while it is dry, make sure you do that in the morning where it is less likely to rain. But of course, that's all par for the course for Florida in August. So it is not fall yet in the government and business portion of the news, former mayor, Melissa Holland, uh, had her, had her hearing with the Florida commission of ethics and, uh, six complaints were brought to her by former city employee, Jay Marr. And she has, uh, they did not find probable cause on five out of the six complaints they did on one. So the one complaint they found uh, probable cause on for Holland was, uh, quote, misusing her public position and or public resources to send emails promoting her private employer from a city account to the city of Orlando. Now, Holland, um, when this happened, she worked for a company called Coastal Cloud. And what she did was she used her account given to her as mayor by the city government to correspond with the city of Orlando, speaking well of uh, Coastal Cloud, recommending them. And uh, that was a violation of the You know, the uh, ethics rules. Holland will have a fine levied for this at a uh, negotiated amount. She has already apologized and admitted fault in this incident. Moving on to uh, the culture section of the news, Palm Coast raised musician Juan released a new single called Temple in which he collaborates with local duo Minor Lift. Uh, If you've been watching Juan, checking his music out over the last few years, you know he has been all over the map sonically in a very good way. His music is creative. It's laid back. It's relaxing. And uh, Lord knows after this, some of the stuff going on in this election, we need a little bit of that. So check out Temple by Juan wherever you stream music. Speaking of music, the fourth edition of Flowwave Fest is coming to Palm Coast this October. Saturday, October 9th, the uh, fourth edition of the festival will be held in Palm Coast. It is put on by uh, musicians Dylan Para and Connor Bertha, who make up the uh, duo Flow Wave. They uh, have put this episode on for a little while now. It was not held in 2020 due to the pandemic, but it is back in force this year. As a local musician myself, I am thrilled to be a part of this event. Go check it out for all the incredible local artists we have in Flagler County and nearby counties. People do not realize how many there are. Matanzas High School brought on Jordan Butler as their new athletic director. Butler is uh, known to many as the former head baseball coach at Flagler Palm Coast High School. He coached from 2004 to 2019, but was at FBC from 2011 to 2019. He resigned at the end of the 2019 season and assumed a role as director of the Flagler Youth Center and George Washington Carver Community Center. Butler is replacing Zach Rigney, who was hired as athletic director at MHS in 2017. Uh, Rigney is stepping down to uh, spend a little bit more time with his family. So certainly an admirable uh, reason for leaving the post, and Matanzas is sure to be in good hands. In the Crime and Sheriffs portion of the news. We had um, one that was uh, an unfortunately grisly story with a a happy ending. 17 animals on the brink of death were recovered by the sheriff's office in an animal cruelty case. What happened here was uh, a concerned citizen in Harbor Freight noticed uh, birds chirping out of a U-Haul truck. And then he witnessed um, one of the two perpetrators uh, open up the lift gate of the U-Haul and observed numerous dogs, cats, and puppies in distress. The sheriff's office was called in a see-something, say-something case. They responded, and the animals were given treatment. They were given water, and uh, luckily everything turned out a lot better than it could have. The couple were driving down from Tennessee, or they presumably had the animals in the U-Haul truck for that entire drive. So this just reiterates, if you see something like this in the community, make sure you're being observant and feel free to call it in. You never know when you can make a huge difference in so many lives like this observer did. There was a, an unfortunate car accident on West Hampton Drive and Palmex Parkway in Palm Coast. Uh, one 63-year-old Palm Coast man was unfortunately killed, but he was not killed in the crash. He was killed by a heart attack that spurred the crash. The man was driving a Kia Sorento southbound on West Hampton when he uh, said to have experienced a heart attack. He uh, his foot at that point sunk into the pedal, and he blew through the uh, the intersection and uh, collided with a Dodge Ram. And came to rest in a ditch with the wheel still spinning, his foot was still on the gas pedal. The driver of the Dodge Ram was unhurt, and uh, there was response from the Palm Coast Fire Police, the Flagler County Fire Rescue, and Palm Coast Fire Department. The man was taken to Advent Health, where he was unfortunately pronounced dead an hour or so later. Fowler County has experienced five traffic deaths in 2021, this being the fifth overall and first since May 26th. However, it is unclear whether they will categorize this as a traffic death, as the cause of death was the heart attack, not the accident. In the final edition of the mayoral election news section, I know you guys are going to miss it it as much as I will. David Alphin has won. The election is over. Alphen defeated his five challengers and will be sworn in tomorrow as the next mayor of Palm Coast. The uh, election, it was a, a relatively commanding win by Alfin. He came in with 36.34% of the vote, which was 6,891 total votes. That was almost 10% over second place Alan Lowe, who secured two, 26.91% of the vote, and that was good for 5,102. Cornelia Manfrey came in third with 24.04%, 4,558 votes. Doug Courtney fourth with 8.88%, 1,683 votes. Kathy Ostrino came in fifth with 2.85% and 540 votes. Carol Mother Elizabeth Baca was sixth with 0.99% and 188 votes. Alfon took to social media shortly after the victory was called stating tonight. I am grateful to announce victory in the Palm coast mayoral special election. I am honored and humbled to have received your support throughout this process and look forward to serving as the next mayor of Palm coast. So at the time this episode airs, uh, the meeting swearing him in will be tomorrow. So if you're able to make it to city hall, I believe it's at 6 PM, but make sure you check with the city website to confirm, uh, go observe and take part in the process we will be seeing a new mayor for Palm Coast. Alphen will succeed the last elected mayor, Melissa Holland, who resigned in May, and he will succeed acting mayor, Eddie Branquino, who has been in the seat ever since, and will return to being just a, norm, you know, a normal councilman once Alfin takes the seat. At that meeting also, they will be deciding on the millage rate in Palm Coast, which if you heard last week's episode that has to do with the maximum property tax rate set in palm coast they were not able to come to a decision on that in the last meeting they are legally required to set the rate at this meeting so they may be there a while but they are going to come to a decision if it is uh if it takes you know five hours to do so they have no other choice So that about does it for the news roundup this week. Stay tuned for my interview with Jill Reynolds of the Democratic Women's Club. We're so excited to have Jill come on. She's going to talk about a petition to erect a plaque and name one of our walking trails after Shirley Chisholm, a true pioneer and trailblazer who lived right here in Palm Coast toward the end of her life. Stay tuned for that. Jill, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So to start off, tell us a little bit about who Shirley Chisholm is and why it's important that we honor her.
1: So Shirley Chisholm has had a long and amazing career. She was first elected to Congress of New York's 12th district in 1968. She was the first black woman ever elected to Congress. She was the co-founder of the National Women's Political Caucus. And in 1972, she was the first woman and the first African-American to seek a major party nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, She had her career in Congress until 1983 after serving seven terms and then after um, coming back and forth, she ended up retiring here to Palm Coast mm-hmm. and lived out her last days until her death in 2005. And so the fact that we've had this amazing trailblazer that was a part of our community is really exciting. And we wanted to honor her.
0: That's that's so cool that we had someone so like important and groundbreaking live here in, in Palm Coast. Because I... Until this, this petition started, I had no idea. Yeah. She, and speaking of the petition, uh, what's going on with that, by the way?
1: The last I checked, we've had 583 signatures, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's funny, I didn't know either. And I have to give credit to Barbara Murphy, who was my predecessor as president of the democratic women's club. Um, she's the one, the very first day that we met when she was handing me all of the stuff and and showing me the ropes. Um, she brought this project up and there was something about it and the way that she was passionate about it. I knew that I wanted to see it come to light, not only for her, especially for Shirley Chisholm and Shirley Chisholm has a goddaughter that still lives here in Palm coast Hmm. today. Is she involved
0: so, with the, uh, the efforts? Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, yes. So she is actually going to help author what the plaque is going to say. Ooh. So that, that we can make sure that we honor, um, what Shirley Chisholm would want said about her on that plaque.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys, you want a plaque and what's the whole.
1: So our asks are, um, to designate a trail, the Shirley Chisholm trail. Shirley Chisholm was a trailblazer in life. And Mm -hmm. so what more perfect way to honor her than name a trail after her. Oh, I like that. Um, And, you know, like we have so many long trails that, you know, we can designate portions, you know, like um, from, you know, the Work Trail is, you know, sectioned off already.
0: Is that, you mean like Lehigh or is that?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. The Lehigh Trail. So uh, that's just one example of, you know, where you have these big portions. And then at the start of that trail, to have a plaque to either educate or inspire or just introduce Shirley Chisholm to somebody who may not have known. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other nice thing is, you know, if you think about people that are getting out there and running and, you know, for girls that maybe haven't seen someone that looks like them, um, you know, this is some, someone a physical thing that they can see to inspire them to blaze their own trails.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's, there's already, I believe, um, I want to say it's the middle section of Lehigh trail where if you enter it, the, the entrance to it by the firehouse on Beltaire, there is a plaque for, uh, it was officer Celico who, who had, um, he died in the line of duty if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So I don't want to get any details of that wrong. Yes. But there is like a, a bit of a precedent. For Absolutely.
1: Like that. And, um, the city is who they have a, a certain format that they follow. And we're happy to follow that format. And then, um, We also have said that we'll adopt that portion of the trail as well so Mm -hmm. that the Democratic Women's Club, you know, would be of service to, you know, help keep it looking clean for everybody here in Palm Coast.
0: That's really great. Um, Who have you, who have you talked to so far, like that has been able to help maybe get the wheels rolling on this thing?
1: So we have the support of several organizations, um, the NAACP, the African American Cultural Society, the American Association of University Women, the Flagler County Historical Society, Alpha Kappa Alpha, and we're just waiting on word from Delta Sigma Theta, which was Shirley Chisholm's sorority. Oh. So we have a lot of support, and, and what I want people to understand. And what I want to make sure that we get across is that we consider this a nonpartisan community project, Mm -hmm. even though we're the democratic women's club of Flagler County, this is a piece of history. And so we want people to look at it in in that lens and not in any sort of partisan lens that we want to honor a member of our community who made history,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. And it's like, um, I, I was talking, at a, a meeting in Manille, to uh, even to Commissioner Mullins, and he was really receptive to the idea when he first heard it. Just about because, like the, these accomplishments are universal, it's absolutely beneficial to everyone, even if they weren't, you know, a member of her party. It's it makes it makes the um, running for office a bit better of a process for everybody.
1: Absolutely, and look, I'm grateful for support wherever it comes from. Because again, instead of looking at it through a partisan lens, I want to look at it as something that's going to enrich and deepen our community. Right. And I think it comes at a really good time. The AACS just got designated, you know, as a Smithsonian, you know, a a museum on Main Street. Mm -hmm. Um, The Flagler County Historical Society has done very deep research of local women who were suffragettes and really huge in the suffragette movement that are local women. And so all these things are kind of happening and it seems like the perfect time, um, for this to come to life.
0: What, 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 who actually has to like make the like decision for something like this to happen? Like who is it ultimately up to?
1: The city council. Okay. So I've met with them before. Once um, just, you know, as a public speaker, I went to a meeting with the Parks and Recreation and got some guidance from them. They were lovely. And uh, I will be um, presenting a PowerPoint at the next official workshop in August to the city council.
0: That's really exciting. Yeah. Have you, have you gotten to meet with um, Mayor Elect Elephant about that yet?
1: I have. Um, we, I briefly briefly spoke about it before he was elected Mm -hmm. um, and he seemed receptive. um, But I'm looking forward to the opportunity to get a chance to speak with him privately because obviously he wasn't there um, when I had given my initial initial presentation. I'm hoping to win him and everyone else over at the um, PowerPoint presentation um, in August.
0: That's really awesome. So um, what, uh, what sort of information do you foresee you'll be presenting at that?
1: Um, just really what I did here, you know, who Shirley Chisholm is, why it's important, you know, something like this, you know, especially with the things that the, I don't want to get ahead of them, but the Flagler County Historical Society has a really cool thing coming up The I just said about the Smithsonian designation. These are things, you know, in the Shirley Chisholm trail. These are all things that you can add that bring tourists here. You know, people will stop and see um, those things. And so that just brings in revenue. So I want to make sure that they know that this is good for the community. Um, You know, not only for our cultural depth, but, you know, to bring people in to see something really cool.
0: Yeah, that is sort of like um, a way that I'm not used to looking at Palm Coast is somewhere that where someone really historic, once you know set foot because you've got St. Augustine where exactly. obviously there's endless history and you've got Daytona which has in its own way a really robust history you got the land out to the west there's exactly. a lot there and it's like Palm Coast being a sort of a newer city you never really think about it as having anything all that historical going on with it exactly but then knowing that someone extremely significant in the history of government lived here it, it kind of you know it it's like a new sort of lens to look through your palm coast through.
1: yeah and why shouldn't we get a piece of that pie you know what I mean why shouldn't mm-hmm. we get put on that same map that everybody else has gotten to be put you know she was um she was given the presidential medal of freedom posthumously but in 2015 the Palm Coast city council at that time named November 30th 2015 Shirley Chisholm Day Right And unfortunately they didn't do it in perpetuity, but why not have that um, as part of it, that we designate that day dedicated to a longstanding citizen that contributed so much to our country.
0: Yeah, totally. And um, it's, uh, it's just, it would just be so cool to to have that going on. So.
1: um, Well, and it's, you know, it's funny because it's not like she was, just a member of Congress. She actually introduced 50 pieces of legislation, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. What kind of
0: things did she get?
1: Well, she was a champion. Um, She, her background was in education. So um, she was always fighting for education, but she entered, she got the nickname fighting Shirley and Mm -hmm. she championed equal rights for women, minorities, immigrants, and the poor and for ending the Vietnam war. Oh, wow. So, I, I mean, even back then, think about what she was doing. You know, we're still fighting those fights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but she really was a trailblazer, you know? And yeah. um, it's just awesome that we're in that close of proximity to someone so great.
0: As I recall, she did actually pretty decently well on her presidential run, too. Like, for to be going on completely unprecedented grounds running. You know, as as a Black person, she was fairly competitive in that race, wasn't she? She was.
1: She entered 12 primaries and uh, garnered 152 of the delegate votes. It's only 10%, but think about in 1972, mm-hmm. she had an underfunded campaign, and it was actually um, contentious predominantly from the male Congressional Black Caucus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was even standing up for women's rights back then, you know, fighting against, um, you know, her male
0: colleagues. She got 10% more than anyone else in her position. Had ever <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And she, now she would have been, was she alive for Obama to he, see that?
1: Yeah. She died in, no. So she died in 2005. Oh, and man. so 2015 is when Barack Obama awarded her the presidential medal of freedom posthumously. Okay. So um, no, she didn't get to live to see him, but I'm sure she's, you know, looking down and, you know, Kamala Harris has made it pretty clear that she's someone that she looked up to. So, absolutely, you know, and so think about that, that a little girl saw this black woman um, running and doing something and mm-hmm. now here she's the first vice president um, that's, you know, a woman of color. And so it just goes to show you what an impact that someone can have that does great things on the young people, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to take that for granted now that, um, that a person's race, when you get to that level of politics, isn't seen as, as much of a barrier as it used to be, but, you know, people like Barack Obama, like Kamala Harris, And even, you know, you take like Ben Carson, Herman Cain, getting as far in their campaigns. It's like that would not have been as easy to have happen if someone hadn't tried it when it was a lot harder.
1: Right. Well, they say representation matters, right? Mm -hmm. People see, people believe they can do something when they see someone that looks like them do it as well. And so I, I just wonder, and it, you know, makes me, gives me all the warm and fuzzies to think about, all of the young girls that Shirley Chisholm um, affected over her life and in her death. I mean, we're, we're still talking about her all these years later, as we should be. And mm-hmm. so I feel like maybe if people see her every day, that impact that she can have on all those future little girls and boys, um, you know, will be carved in stone right here in our town.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, I was lucky, you know, I, when I grew up, cause I was born in 98 and when, when I grew up, it's like, I was born into a world where, you know, race was not a perfected issue yet and it still isn't, but you know, it, it, it at least seemed like the same things were possible for all different people. And it's like easy if you didn't live through something like that to take for granted that it's always been that way. But yeah. it's like, you know, not that long ago, that was a really big deal. For someone right. to blaze that trail.
1: Right. And you have to think too, is that you're looking at it from your lens and, you know, other people from their lens, it's still, they're still going through that. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, as long as we can keep expanding people's views of what's possible, then there's, I think that that just makes our town and our country great.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think. of Possibility. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I think a plaque would be a really good idea is to um, just to be a reminder, because it's, you know, if you didn't live to see it happen, it's, it's kind of easy to not appreciate, you know, the significance of some, something like that, you know, really in really recent history.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You know, it's a uh, it's funny a few days ago before recording this, I was watching through um, the West Wing, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite shows of all time. There's a little Shirley Chisholm name drop in there.
1: Was there? Yeah. <laughs> See, was, now you hear it. Now that you yeah, know, now yeah. you'll hear it.
0: <laughs> it, was in, it was in like season six. They were like, um, I forget what, what the context was, but um, one of the characters, CJ, Allison Janney's character okay. in that, she like mentioned her for a second. I'm like, oh,
1: look at that. Well, it's funny because there's if you watch to Mrs. America, I think it's on Prime or maybe Amazon. It's uh, really kind of the the birth of the women's movement. And of course, Shirley Chisholm is right deep in there. And wow, yeah. So it's a really good um, show you can check out and it shows her, um, it portrays her um, its struggles that she had even among the women's movement, you know, mm-hmm. um, and how they kind of left her. And so because they left her then I feel like we owe it to her to say, no, this is your rightful spot right here.
0: So she, you said she was in Congress for seven terms, which would Correct. be 14, 14 years. years. Mm-hmm. What did she um, do kind of later on in her life or even as she got to this? part? So,
1: this neck of the woods? so from what I can find, um, so she taught at Mount Holyoke, which I think is in Massachusetts. And so she was kind of doing the back and forth. And then, um, in 1992, And then that's why I I said earlier that she had founded the National Political Congress for Black Women. Oh, excuse me, 1991, she moved to Palm Coast. And actually, another thing, she also declined uh, a proposed nomination from President Clinton to become the U.S. ambassador to Jamaica.
0: That's right. I did read that.
1: Yeah, because her parents, um, her father was Guyanese and her mother was from Barbados. So she didn't so think it was like a,
0: enough of a tie to her personal history? She,
1: um, no, she was, uh, her health was in decline. Uh, and so she, she declined the position because of, of health reasons. Um, but yeah, so, but she had a rich Caribbean history, um, which again, brings, you know, a totally new experience to her coming to Congress. And it, she just was um, a remarkable woman with a remarkable career. And I want as many people to know about her as possible.
0: That's really cool. I, I think I did read something about that, about her being, her being nominated. I never knew why Jamaica, do you know, do you know like why she was chosen for that country? Um, that slot, was it just an open slot? I don't know. I'm not
1: sure. I couldn't find research on, but maybe it was just because of her Caribbean background
0: Oh okay. Oh yeah, Is Barbados yeah. in the Caribbean. Uh huh. Okay, I'm. Yeah. I'm bad with geography sometimes. Yeah. I'm saying, like South America for some reason. Yeah.
1: No. So, um, so that's probably why. Just because. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and if I'm wrong, I I'm happy if somebody hears this to send me the <laughs> the reason. Um, but I didn't find specific research as to why
0: specifically Jamaica. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure she still would have been a pretty good choice for the spot if she'd been able to.
1: Absolutely. Well, she was, um, she was educated at a British grammar school. And so if you listen to her speeches every once in a while, you'll hear that clipped British accent.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I've never heard a clip of her speaking before.
1: So there's a lot of really good interviews on YouTube. Um, there was one that she was telling the story of how, um, she was in the congressional lunchroom and that the um, a congressman from Alabama tried to get make her get up and move because they all had designated you know what state you were from is what table and she mm-hmm. wanted to sit at this table and then they ended up becoming friends and she ended up going to visit him in the hospital but yeah. that's how their relationship started was that he tried to get her to move from this spot which of course she wouldn't so mm-hmm. if you get a chance that's a it's obviously she's well, way better at telling the story than I am, but, (laughs) um, but her, I encourage you to also watch the 1972 speech because she was way before her time
0: Mm -hmm. way before. Huh? I never, um, I never seen that before. What are, um, what are some of her great quotes? Speaking of which do you have any that you particularly like?
1: So I have a, a 12 soon to be 13 year old daughter Mm. and So of course we always, in fact, when she went to school before COVID, I used to write in her lunchbox, I used to write a famous woman's quote every day. Mm. And my favorite is because I want her to get this is if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, Mm, you know, and as a mother, that's what I want for my daughter and for my son is that you don't wait for somebody to ask you bring up a bring a folding chair, and it's just so simple and beautiful but powerful and you know meaningful
0: I like that I don't know how these like really incredible people come up with these quotes like that, I, <laughs> I never know. I'm never thinking about something and just have like this incredible you know. Proverb come to mind, but I guess I'm not as great a mind as Shirley Chisholm, <laughs> probably. But, Ruth, um,
1: Ruth Bader Ginsburg has several too that
0: oh she has a oops. laundry
1: list, of yeah.
0: Quotes. Yeah. So when she speaking of of women's quotes, she there couldn't have been as much women representation in Congress and in government in this in the 70s. I, she might not have been the first just plain woman to do. I don't think
1: that she was the first woman in Congress, but she was the first African American woman elected to Congress.
0: Right. Do you know like how many there there were at the time or how many women had like even run for president? Cuz I don't I just realized I don't know off the top of my head who was the first woman to run for president.
1: Um I mean Geraldine Ferraro was a vice presidential candidate back in the 80s. Was she on a,
0: a major ticket or was she like down? Yeah,
1: she was Oh who's- my god, I'm going to sound in my defense, shoot. I was a little kid then, but oh, yeah, I think it was Michael Dukakis and.
0: We have phones. We can look this up. Um, Dukakis. He did he lose to HW? I'm, I'm okay at American history. I know some parts. I really know, but or was he Reagan? Who did Dukakis lose to? She, uh, let's see. Okay, so this.
1: look, so okay, Geraldine Ferraro got to Congress in 1979. She, oh, Walter Mondale. She was the she was the vice presidential nominee in 1984 with Walter Mondale.
0: So that made her
1: the first female vice president representing a major party.
0: What well, what election was that?
1: 1984.
0: So that would have been one of Reagan's. Yes. Runs challenger against reagan okay i didn't know there was a woman on yes one of the big two tickets ever before harris yeah or technically before clinton huh.
1: well no because then palin
0: was with oh, that, oh before palin there you go yeah mm-hmm. I forgot about her for a second
1: and then your idea right. i didn't know that we were going to be quizzed today i love trivia <laughs> and so i would have
0: researched all this i mean i'm a total like nerd for all this stuff
1: i know i am too
0: and and i probably should have known that but
1: Well, it's funny because you know how people have, um, like, baseball cards? I would Mm -hmm. totally have, like, congressional trading cards. (laughs) Oh,
0: they've, like, made those to some extent. Like, my – back in 2008, in the first Obama campaign, my parents, they got, like, a Barack Obama trading card, I think.
1: Oh, that is so funny. They got an
0: action figure, too. (laughs) They had some amazing merch in that campaign that you just don't see anymore. Well – Trump, Trump had some pretty good, pretty good merch. I'd have to say, it's
1: pretty, all right, pretty so out there
0: merch, but nothing like Obama action figures.
1: So I am about to blow your mind right now. I am blowing my own mind. Do it. Victoria Woodall was the first female presidential candidate in eighteen
0: seventy two. Women couldn't even vote, correct? So she couldn't vote for herself, correct? And she ran and eighteen seventy two. That was. Reconstruction, even so, in 1872,
1: she was fighting for women's rights and women's suffrage. Wow, which is crazy that it started in 1872 and 19 until 1919.
0: What is that? Talk about dream, dreaming big, as yeah. far off as true. Women's rights really were at that point in time. I think as far off as voting was, at least, it's like women truly being accepted as a part of government. Wow. Oh my gosh. How did she do? I wouldn't blame her if she wasn't able to do great so, without any women being able to vote.
1: So it went from 1872, Victoria Woodall, and the next person. <laughs> it was Hillary Clinton? <laughs> what the next one? Wait, what? Yeah, what? I thought like Michelle Bachman ran. No, she was. Um, well, she didn't clinch any. Are we talking? She like, didn't win any primary. Oh, to win a primary
0: is that okay? Popular. That's what we're talking about. Winning a primary.
1: Yeah, like Jill Stein is oh, on that, in between. Jill Stein didn't count. <laughs> yeah, like Roseanne Barr.
0: Oh my gosh, that's right. I, I mean, Roseanne so there, the president.
1: yeah, a couple so, Green Party, a but, Libertarian Party, but like
0: real um, yeah. vital campaigns that had half a shot. Yeah. There were like, there were like were no big ones in the 20th century. Mm-mm. I mean, Shirley Chisholm's was decently big, considering. Right. But wow. Mm hmm. So like when I was born in the nineties, it had That makes been, me
1: feel very old. Thank I, you.
0: No, I was I I was born into a we technically we both were. It, we were born into a time where it had been a while since the women had really gotten particularly close to the White House.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I knew Geraldine Ferraro off the top of my head because I remember her, you know, as a little girl. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember. Because I, I, I had a history teacher who was amazing. This guy was so great. And we always talk politics and mm-hmm. how government worked. And I remember even in those, there's no one that I can think of that stands out to me. Hmm. I mean, now I can name up uh, 20 female politicians that I admire. And, yeah. um, you know, so that's a great thing.
0: Yeah. We're making some progress on that yes. for sure. Like in, in the, in the Democratic primaries, there was a good handful this last time. Even in even in the Republican primaries last time they had one, there was at least a couple, right?
1: Yeah, well, think Which too. You want it on
0: both sides, of course.
1: Well, think too. Um, I mean, going back to Bader Ginsburg because she was one of my heroes. You know, when she was asked, you know, when will there be enough women in the Supreme Court? And her answer is when there are nine (laughs) 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 and she says that women belong in all the places where decisions are made. And Mm -hmm. so it seems like that's starting to happen, which again, just enriches, you know, gives a different perspective than just the male perspective and um, you know, enriches laws and, you know, sees things from a different point of view. And isn't that what good governing is all about is everybody coming from different backgrounds and sharing ideas and learning from one another.
0: No, absolutely. It's it's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, now we're seeing, you know, it, it's like you look back on like tapes of Congress in the 20th century. A lot of times it is a sea of aging white men. And that is only, you know, we're starting to kind of make our elected body look more like the people Absolutely. of America.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's, that's an incredible thing.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like I said, the more voices that can contribute, the better it is for everybody.
0: Absolutely. So uh, Jill, any, any closing thoughts, any, uh, anything else going on with the democratic women, women's club. That you
1: well, get we're out there? excited in August that, um, mm-hmm. gubernatorial, ca- candidate Nikki freed is going to be speaking to our, group virtually. Mm. So we're excited about that to hear what she has to say. Um, And if anybody who's listening, if you like the idea of a Shirley Chisholm trail, please call your city councilman and say yes to the Shirley Chisholm trail. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much for coming on Jill.
1: Thank you so much.